sponsored by the Facial Paralysis and Bell's Palsy Foundation and by Rise Physical Therapy. This is Unique Smiles, the Facial Paralysis Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian April. Today, I am joined by Michelle Mendoza and her son, Charlie. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. Thank you Hi. for having us. Thank you guys for being on the show. Really excited to have you here. Uh, Charlie is my dude. For those who don't know, uh, Charlie, we were at an event together and asked Charlie if he wanted to get up and uh, do some stand-up comedy before me, and he decided he wanted to do it, and he absolutely killed it. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited to uh, be sharing the podcast with him again. So, Michelle, if you want to just tell us a little bit about Charlie's story. Okay. We found out Charlie had a brain tumor when he was eight years old. He had been misdiagnosed for four years. His brain tumor actually showed up on an MRI when he was four, but they misread the report at the doctor's office. And thinking there was not a brain tumor, they diagnosed him with allergies from all of his symptoms. So in the four years where there was a brain tumor, it continued to grow. And... By the time we discovered it, his vision was impaired. That's how big it was getting. And the optometrist sent us straight to the emergency room because he was telling me that he couldn't see anymore. The words were moving on the page when he was trying to read. So she stopped the eye eye exam and said, you need to go to the emergency room. So at the emergency room, they discovered that he had a brain tumor. It was about the size of a lemon at that point because it had grown for four years. And during, it was a 10-hour surgery to remove it. After he came out from the recovery room, there were so many problems that he had to overcome at that point because the brain tumor had gotten so large. So, yes, he would throw up and have a migraine. Um, This was during second grade. He threw up and had a migraine every single day. And it was so regular for him that his second grade teacher just put a trash can next to his desk. And he would get a migraine, throw up in the trash can, lay his head down for a minute, and then get back to his schoolwork. Hmm. And I even told the neurologist that. And he said, well, you know, allergies can get bad sometimes. So... (laughs) (laughs) So that was our diagnosis. It was very bad allergies. <clears throat> Very bad allergies. So, Charlie, how how was um, if you remember much about life at that time, like going through all of that? What was that kind of like for you? Uh, I don't know. I, I just know I did stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did what we told him to do. Yeah, he was a very good I boy. I don't have much of a memory of that time either, so it's all good. Uh, so you go through four years of that, and then you get the diagnosis of it's a, a tumor. And what type yes. of uh, what type of tumor? Well, in the emergency room, they actually told us it was brain cancer, which being uneducated at that particular time, I didn't realize that it had to be removed and then sent for testing before they could even tell us if it was benign or malignant. But they told us in the emergency room he had brain cancer. So at that time, I just remember, you know, and she even called us in the room where Charlie was tell us the diagnosis that he, I remember he was watching the Disney channel. She pulled up three chairs right next to his bedside and said, you know, 
he has brain cancer, here's the scan. And I just remember like pushing back the curtain. I ran out of the emergency room, like tripped over people. I just remember like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even think at that point. I was just trying to get out of there and get away. But they took him by ambulance actually to a children's hospital where then he had emergency surgery. And the tumor was so large at that point, it had stopped his brain fluid from draining. So hydrocephalus was so bad that when they did the initial drill into his skull, um, brain fluid shot across the surgery room. So there was so much pressure. Poor guy, you know. I know it's almost like when I tell it, it it's, it's not us. I, I can tell it, but I feel like it wasn't it wasn't us. Yeah, that must be very surreal to, to kind of think back and going through all of that. Um, it is. So how do you, what was the, the recovery like with, after the, the tumor removal? Well, the surgery was very long. It was about 10 hours. And he ended up, was in a coma for about three weeks. He would come in and out of it a little bit. And when he came out of the coma, he had to relearn how to walk and talk and eat. His entire left side was paralyzed. That all, the, the paralysis on the left side eventually went away after about three months, but his face remained paralyzed. But this happened in July. He didn't start talking again fluently until about January. So he had to relearn all of that. He was in a wheelchair and he started school again in January, but he had a walker. It was a very long recovery. And in the meantime, with all of that, they did not tell us that you can get addicted to morphine after nine days. They told us that on day 21. So at that point, they wanted to put him on methadone. And I said, we're not doing that. He is withdrawing cold turkey. I'm not putting my eight-year-old on methadone because the hospital was negligent in telling us that you get addicted to morphine after nine days, but you kept him on it for over So, I mean, it just seemed like there was one problem after another, after another, ends up he fell out of the bed and broke his arm. And <laughs> I mean, it almost sounds like I'm making it up. Like this, this can't, you can't make it up, you know? Absolutely. So just problem after problem after problem. But here he is at 15 and a complete miracle at this point. Charlie, when you were going through all of that, what was that like having to relearn how to walk and talk? Fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> how long do you uh, did you have to just practice things again, or what was that like? All I remember is we listened to music to make Me stuff happen. Yeah, music is a wonderful thing. Who's who's your um, favorite band, by the way? Queen. Queen. Ah, that's good. That's good. Little Freddie Mercury, little Brian May, always good for everybody. So now you're, you're back into school, you're going to walk her. Was there a lot of bullying with that? I can answer that. Okay. <laughs> because Charlie doesn't like to talk about that, actually. There, okay. He went to a private school, mm -hmm. and they actually asked him to leave. Because wow. he had started at the private school at kindergarten and went through second grade. He missed a lot of third grade. And then he went through fourth and started fifth. 
So they called me into the office and said, Charlie's extremely slow. He can't open his locker in the two minutes where he's changing classrooms. He does not change into his PE clothes fast enough. Um, he does not walk to the lunchroom fast enough and get in the lunch line fast enough. So they actually asked us to take him out of school and find another school. So we did, and he it was very devastating. I think that was more devastating to Charlie than anything because those kids didn't care that he had a walker. They didn't care that he had facial paralysis. They didn't care that he was still learning to talk again and made a lot of mistakes. He was very slow. He needed a lot of help. They didn't care because they had known him before. So we put him in public school and Charlie got bullied at public school. Mm. So it was that was not a fun couple of months. No, definitely not. On the one hand, it's great that the students at the private school were really supportive um, and weren't making, you know, fun or bullying or anything like that. But then, like you said, when you go into a public school and you have this whole new set of people who have no idea who you are, Charlie, and um, it's just, it can be pretty tough. So do you still get bullied? I've established that I'm a cool person, so no. Not really. Well, that's great. You are a cool person just from d- talking with you at the uh, the event we were at. Everybody just like totally fell in love with you. It was amazing. Michelle, I know there was uh, one point you were saying, <laughs> you, you know, you know what I'm trying to, uh, the story uh, about, yes. okay. Would you mind sharing that story? I think it's a wonderful story. Yes. Although I do have to go back a tiny bit because one thing I regret as a parent is, you know, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I had refused to take him out of that school. What would they do? You know, I mean, looking back, I wish I had said, I'm not taking him out. You know, I don't, I'm sorry. He's not leave. So we'll make accommodations to he, he can do PE in his regular clothes. Or he doesn't need a lock on his locker. What's there to steal? As a parent, I look back, I wish I had fought harder for him in that particular instance. I think I was just so furious that they did that in the first place that anyway okay so i wanted to throw that out there yeah no that's totally that's totally understandable it's just one of those things that catches you so off guard that you're like wait what then you're not necessarily thinking clearly no i was not thinking clearly and eric my ex-husband charlie's father was supposed to be at the meeting and he couldn't make it and i wish i had had him on speakerphone or something so that he could have chimed in because when there's a third person there, it's always better to bounce ideas. So it was just me thinking at the time, and I was t- caught off guard. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> I wanted to throw that out there. You know, like as a parent, you just feel like you don't do anything right. You look back, and yeah. you're like, oh, man, I should have done that differently, but I didn't. So he was going to public school and not liking it at all. In fact, hating it. And I said, please tell me why you don't like to go. Can I want to hear from you why you don't like to go. And he would say, I just don't like it. Well, I took the day off of work and I dropped him at school. And instead of getting in my car and leaving, I went to the edge of the playground and I watched him. And I was behind this chain link fence. And I saw this boy come up to Charlie and he had his finger in his face. He was very close to him and he was like pointing. And I could just tell by the look on the boy's face that he was not being kind. He was not being nice. Then the bell rang and they went into the classroom and I picked up Charlie after school and I said, hey, how was your day? Okay, great. Hey, who was that boy on the playground with the glasses? He had his 
his finger in your face. And Charlie said, what boy? I don't know what boy. And I go, Charlie, the boy with the glasses this morning who was, I could tell he was saying something to you by the way he was pointing his finger at you. And he said, there was no boy. I said, okay, Charlie, here's what you need to do. If you, if anyone comes up to you and treats you like you're not good enough or you're not as good as they are, then you're going to shove them in the chest and, <laughs> um, you know, my language was not the best. <laughs> you know, you're going to tell them, you know, basically, F off. Yeah. And you're going to shove them to the ground and you're going to stand up for yourself because I'm not there to do it. And you don't know anyone at the school. No one's going to do it for you. And the teachers are obviously not going to do it. So that's what you're going to do. And when the principal calls me and tells me that you used a bad word and shoved a kid to the ground defending yourself, I'm going to take you to dinner. That's, that's what I'm going to do. So the next morning I take him to school. School starts at 9. At 10, <laughs> I get a phone call from the school. <laughs> it's the principal. And she said, hello, Mrs. Mendoza, I have Charlie in the principal's office here. Um, I need you to come down. And I said, oh, well, what happened? And she said, well, you know, he pushed a boy on the playground. I said, great. In fact, what he did was defend himself. That's what he did. I will be right down. So I went down and I'm sitting there and the principal said, you know, he hit that boy. And Charlie said, Technically, I grabbed his hand and hit him with his own hand. So I didn't hit him. He hit himself. So I took him out to lunch. We went to Freddy's Hamburgers and celebrated because finally he was getting the clue that don't let people treat you that way at all. That's, I love that story. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's so great that, um, that you were there to, to kind of encourage him to stand up for himself and... So, Charlie, now you're going to pass to just uh, beat people up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we don't do that. So what advice can you give to parents? I think that knowledge is power. So when he first started back at the private school, kindergartners would come up to him and say, what's wrong with your face? Because it was a very small school. So we had to tell him. You know, they're not being rude. They're small children. And when a small child has a question, they there is no filter. Right. They just ask. It. And I said, you've done nothing wrong. This is not your fault. So you need to educate them and just explain. You know, I had something growing in my brain that wasn't supposed to be there. And when they took it out, this happened. So this is the way I am now. So... You know, that kind of just morphed into him saying, you know, I had a brain tumor. So explaining to people, but I did notice that adults stare at Charlie way more than kids do. And I'm almost appalled at that fact because they should know better, you know, mm -hmm. they should know better. So Charlie just, you know, explains to them, you know, I had a brain tumor and that's what happened because he's done nothing wrong. And that could happen to anyone, absolutely anyone on this planet. Absolutely. Did you have any support with the teachers once the shoving incident happened? Did they start to understand? Did you talk to the school, explain the situation to the teachers so that they could be on the lookout? 
that particular school would not have that. So they said, you know, everybody has a difference. If there's something wrong with a lot of kids and that particular boy that was bullying Charlie had many, many instances of bullying. And on that particular day, Charlie was the only one who got in trouble in the principal's office. That boy didn't. There was about 60 days of school left. We took him out and it was a 12 month school. So it was summertime anyway. We just took him out and we enjoyed the rest of the summer with him because being a 12 month school, they had already submitted their final grades. So what was the point of going? I mean, as a parent, I didn't see a point. <laughs> and he was more than happy to, you know, take the next 60 days off. Absolutely. So that that fall, we enrolled him in another private school. And their policy is if there's something that you want to share with the class about you, then it's almost a requirement. So you can, but if it's an obvious something, then you have to. So there were kids who had dyslexia and they would say you know if it's my turn to read I'm not going to be able to do it or I'm going to be able I'm going to be slow or someone might have ADD ADHD and so they would explain that well so we told Charlie's teacher he had a brain tumor his response time is so slow it's gotten a lot better in the last six years but Originally, it was so slow. We would play a game that I, we would see people coming and we would race between us. You know, I'm going to say hi to them first. So by the time they actually got to us, Charlie would say hi to them. <laughs> Otherwise, if they said hi first, he was saying hi and they were in their car driving away. <laughs> it was way late, way late. The response time was so slow. So his teacher actually made it a school-wide assembly which was amazing. And Charlie's dad, Eric, went on stage and explained, you know, Charlie had a brain tumor and he is friends with Connor Fields. Coincidentally, he had just won a gold medal. And so he showed up too to introduce Charlie and talk about Charlie's brain tumor and his response time. And then he was there to show everyone his gold medal. So it was kind of a twofer, mm -hmm. but 600 kids were sitting there from six weeks old to 12th grade is the school and they all got to know Charlie and they know now that his response time is slower. So if they say hi to him, he might not even say hi until they're long gone, <laughs> but he means well. Right. Well, that's pretty, that's a good way to become uh, pretty popular at school too, is to uh, hang out with an Olympian. Yes. Did that make a difference? Charlie, did, did you start becoming a little more popular with that? For a while, for like, a month, then it faded away again, and then it was up to me. What I really uh, love about you, Charlie, is you are not afraid to try things and to do things. And what sort of activities have you done at school? Um, the talent show and theater club. You did theater That's club. It. So yeah. what, what made you want to do theater club? Because I like acting. You like acting? And yeah. If I remember correctly, you ended up getting a lead part. Is that right? Depending on which play, I, I got a lead in a play, but I forgot which play it was. It was like the second play I did. Well, that's really impressive because that's, that's really hard for, for people to get the lead role. So that's a, a real credit to you and your, your personality and your, your ability. So your talent show, what did you do for your talent show? 
I, I sang. You sang. It was Queen, correct? Yes. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. And that's what I love about you, man. Like you're you're not afraid. Like so many kids would be afraid to like get up in in front of their friends or strangers or teachers or whatever and be exposed and vulnerable uh to to being you know um a little different what is your view on why you enjoy just getting up and doing things Mm, i don't know i just like performing i guess so you would encourage kids say something they like to do they should go ahead and do it yeah because um it's like, no one makes fun of you if you do what you're good at. That's a really good answer. So let's give your mom a heart attack. Do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I did. You did? <laughs> Not good enough for you, though. So that's, yeah, just got to go to the no, side. No, <laughs> she broke up with me. Well, that happens. That happens to everybody. <laughs> the first of many. It happens all the time, so. Uh, so uh what what advice do you have to kids who who may have facial paralysis or a harder time in school what advice do you have for them about being social or or kind of just living their life um be funny do what is good if you're a funny person be funny in public don't be afraid to try stuff that's great advice. And, you know, I'm a little partial to the whole be funny thing uh, as well. So. <laughs> Shocking. I know. It's crazy. And I, I think that's, that's really great advice. So I, I yeah. can totally relate with that. Michelle, do you have any additional advice from your perspective for, for kids or, or for people who are going through um, something like this? I do. Another piece of advice I would say is for Charlie's personality, we, we pushed him along because had we not, he would have never left his bedroom. This was, you know, a different life for him. So we would make him join. In fact, at the beginning of last year, he was so upset with me because I enrolled him without even asking him in the band and yearbook club and art club. And I said, you're going, I'm sorry, you're going. And he had to go for the first semester at least every single time. And then if he didn't want to go the second semester, he didn't have to, but he had to try. So I think pushing them a little bit depending on their personality, of course. But otherwise, I know Charlie would have not left his bedroom. He wouldn't have. So even in the beginning, we invited friends over. I didn't ask him. I would say, guess what? Noah's spending the night Saturday. So, okay. Had I asked him, do you want Noah to spend the night? No, I don't want anybody. So I quit asking. And I just signed him up for clubs, enrolled him in all different things, and said, I'm sorry, you're going. Because now, you know, he's okay with it. He's comfortable. And now he can tell people, okay, well, if somebody were to say something, and it, we role-played with him in the beginning, so he was comfortable saying out of brain tumor, because that's exactly what happened. There's nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be afraid of, and everybody, we tell him, everybody has something wrong with them. And sometimes you see it, like facial paralysis, and sometimes you don't. Kids have anxiety, they have, I don't know, so many things everybody has something wrong so we we made sure you know he understood that and we pushed him a little bit that's really cool now charlie did you end up liking any of those activities (laughs) 
no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the funny part was this at the beginning of this year, she said that she's going to start asking me before she signed me up for club. So we were signing up for club, and she asked me if I wanted to join the board game club. And I said no, but she didn't care. She just signed me up. <laughs> but I got lucky because it got canceled. Oh, nice. <laughs> so probably just a couple more questions. So, Charlie, what is one thing that you would like to say to maybe other people who don't have facial paralysis? Um, everyone wants to treat it nicely. Absolutely. Everyone should be treated nicely. Have you had any other surgeries um, with the, the facial paralysis? Have you done like a static sling or anything like that? Mm, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a couple things. <laughs> a couple things. And Dr. Azizadeh is Charlie's surgeon, whom I adore and love very much. But he has gotten tired of me asking <laughs> about Charlie's lower lid because I said I want it raised. And he said, I know. He said, you have to wait till Charlie's face quit, quits growing because if they lift the lower lid and then Charlie grows, well, then his eye will be closed because mm -hmm. that's just the way it works. So I, there are a few other surgeries Charlie will have as an adult. 18 or so, 19. But so far, he's only had the eye surgery and the gracilis transfer, which was two surgeries. And there will be some in the future. Well, that's good, though. I think that's that's good. You have a plan that you're you're going forward to and attacking it. And another thing that I think is, is pretty cool is you've started a support group. If you want to tell us a little bit about that. Yes. I am on two brain tumor support groups online, but I wanted to go to a room where you talked with other people in person, where you could see their face and you could see their body movements and you could hold a different kind of conversation besides just behind a keyboard. And I wanted Charlie to be in a room where other people had maybe side effects or symptoms from their brain tumor as well. And when I started doing research for a local support group, there was not one. And Las Vegas is a town of 3 million people. And I was appalled that there was not a brain tumor or brain injury support group anywhere in town. There is one for Parkinson's and there is one for Alzheimer's and there is one for veterans who had a brain injury during combat. And so I started one and we had one meeting so far and nine people came. Wow. Our second. Yes. That's a lot. Which was, you know, that's a lot. No, that seriously, that's a lot. As someone who's, who's tried to get some uh, support groups going, that's a lot, especially in the beginning. Well, our second meeting is Wednesday night and we have almost 30 people coming. Wow. So yes. I have gone to all of the Starbucks in my area and hung flyers and the local hospital and the oncology clinics and neurologists and neurosurgeon offices and hung flyers. And now we have caregivers coming, patients coming. I have a group of teachers coming because they have students who have had shaken baby syndrome. Mm-hmm but they're in fourth grade now. So they want to understand how to treat those students. 
So I think now it has really opened up to not only people with a brain tumor or a brain injury, but also outside of that, people who encounter those people, how do they act toward those people? And I think that's amazing because when you have a brain injury, you look great on the outside, but your brain heals. It's not like a bone where you can take an x-ray and see it healing. So anybody who's dealt with Charlie's brain says, well, we just have to wait and see. That's all we ever hear. They honestly don't know themselves about the brain healing. Mm. So six years later, Charlie's brain is still healing. So people are coming to the group, not only patients and caregivers and family and friends, but people who encounter other people with a brain injury and they want to learn. So I think I'm very excited for Wednesday's meeting. That's fantastic. For the people who are in the uh, Las Vegas area that may be affected by this, is there a website or a um, somewhere where they can look up uh, information? Yes, there is a Facebook group called Las Vegas Brain Tumor and Injury Group. And also there's an email, lasvegasbrain at gmail.com. Or anyone can call me at 702-241-8500. I am heading up the support group, but it's kind of getting so big now. I'm going to have to bring someone in to help me because, you know, almost 30 people are coming. So that is a whole new animal from mm -hmm. nine people. Yeah, that's a lot. It is. And honestly, I don't want it to get too big or we might have to meet a couple of times or separate it into two different groups, maybe an informative group and then a patient caregiver group. Because once you get that many people, people who actually want to share about themselves, they don't get the opportunity to, or they don't feel like they can talk to other people in their situation and get the support they need. Well, that's wonderful so, that you're doing that. I, I think that's thank you. amazing. So, I mean, having facial paralysis, you have to put yourself out there because it's almost like people are afraid to talk to you. So I almost feel like in Charlie's case, he needs to speak first. That makes sense. I just want to say thank you guys so much for your time. And Charlie, great job um, being awesome. Continue to do that and continue to get better and get out there and just do all sorts of fun things. And if you ever want to do some more comedy again, you just let me know and we'll, we'll get that set up. Best of luck with your brain injury support group. And uh, Michelle, thank you so much for, for taking the time and for um, helping uh, a lot of people. I think this will be very, very helpful for um, parents thank and for, for kids.